find something, celebrate something that you love about yourself, be it a physical attribute, be it something, a personality trait, but say it to yourself and really kind of let it seep in. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. Now, today's episode of Conversations in Confidence is a little bit different because I'm enjoying the comfort of my own living room and down the line, I'm going to be joined by Gabriella Pisani. So Gabby is a beauty, fashion and lifestyle expert. She's speaking to women every day about her own experiences and encouraging them to share the same with her. Um, And I know she's joining me from her garden today. So Gabby, welcome. Thank you very much. It's really lovely to be on here with you, Rose. Oh, no, it's lovely to have you. Um, Now, I mean, there's lots of different things that I want to talk to you about today. But I think if we kind of start with your journey in beauty, that's how you and I first met even. Um, For years, you worked at lots of popular women's publications as a beauty writer. So the likes of Hello Magazine, The Sunday Mirror, Look Magazine. And I know that so many people would consider this a total dream job. So what does a day today look like when you're a beauty journalist? Um, Well, first of all, do you know what? It really was a dream job. And I had a complete role reversal as well. I'd actually um, just got back from a stint out in New York City. I'd gone out there um, interning during my university degree. And I just found myself um, not quite confident enough. I wasn't very outwardly confident at the time and um, I came back from my my stint in New York City thinking you know what PR is just not for me and I got an opportunity to intern at In Style magazine which was the first publication I ever interned at and it went from there and um, I just completely fell in love with I was already in love with beauty but I I had a real love for writing Oh, one thing I should point out as well, when I say I very much did a role reversal, it was fa- obviously fashion PR that I was um, interning in New York. So fashion also wasn't wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah, coming into journalism, I had a, re- a role reversal from PR to journalism, but I also jumped from fashion to beauty, which is what I'd always loved. So when writing for these magazines, you must have spoken to so many readers. Um, What would you say were the common themes in what your readers loved hearing about? Do you know what? They, which um, which I've always absolutely loved, and it's actually half the reason why I now do what I do, is that even as a journalist, what I found readers loved the most was the most personal and relatable product reviews and features. So you know, the, the tried and tested pages, the reader beauty re- reviews, where we would get readers involved, we would send out product for them to test, um, and we would then publish that in the magazines. Then on top of that, you know, the features where perhaps we as the writers would appear in the magazine. So it's all down to that kind of very relatable, personable content where they feel that they can relate to that writer um, and relate to other women. So, um Yeah, I always found that those kind of features did the best. And it's what I loved creating. It wasn't creating this unattainable content, unattainable looks that perhaps, you know, A-list celebrities would sport because they have access to some of, 
you know, the most talented experts in the world. So yeah, I found that readers very much just wanted, like I said, relatable, honest content. Do you know what that reminds me of actually? Um, at It Cosmetics, we do shows on QVC and I host them for them. And last summer we did a show where we literally invited a number of women. We did a call out on social media and we invited absolute, you know, beginners or it cosmetics lovers. And we had five different women of varying abilities and like levels of knowledge of the brand. And we just invited them in for a show and we pretty much had a chat on the couch. And some of them said, I've been using these products for years. This is why I love them. Some of them were using them for the first time and giving their initial feedback and I just think there's something so lovely about that peer recommendation isn't there and that was a show that everybody loved yeah. um yeah 100% um what would you say you know I think that beauty regime in particular is a really powerful means of conversation between women when they're getting to know one another. You know, it's one of the first things that you can kind of strike up a combo about. I find if I'm on a Hindu or anything, you're with a group that you don't know very well. It's one of the first things that can break the ice. Um, but what would you say you learned about, you know, the impact on a woman's confidence from her beauty regime when you were writing at those publications? I mean, I think I very much learned during my kind of early journalist days that that women don't just want to look beautiful. They want to feel good about themselves. And I think, you know, eight years ago, seven years ago, whenever it was I first started my career, um, this kind of imperfect, perfect wasn't so much around. We weren't so good at accepting our flaws and celebrating our flaws. And um, to feel beautiful, I think an element of of self-confidence very much needs to be there. And this does come from the self-care, the working from within, you know, taking time on your skincare, taking time for yourself. Um, you know, on top of that, I think it is amazing the, the confidence power that a good skin day can have or, you know, the power of a red lipstick, for example. Um, it's tiny little things that can bring about such a change in your confidence. Definitely. And I mean... Speaking of that kind of personal confidence, the next thing I was going to ask you about was, so you had this very varied and bustling career and then you decided to pursue your own venture, work full time on what was a blog called Pretty Ugly and is now by Gabriella, which is an online resource for all things fashion, beauty, lifestyle, you name it. Um, Was it difficult to take that plunge and have the confidence to potentially um, sidestep what is a, you know, tried and tested format and venture into this new territory? It was. It was incredibly scary. I, I say it was a difficult decision to make, but I think that that eventual kind of leap off that cliff, I was almost kind of um, not forced to do by any means, but the publication I was at, they very much wanted my full attention. Um, and I think when I did have this this little blog that was just, you know, bumbling along on the sidelines that I was absolutely loving, you know, using as a creative outlet to, to pour you know, my own honest reviews into, it was starting to pick up traction. And I think, you know, my, my editor at the time, she did want me to, to kind of be there um, at the magazine full time. And I, I couldn't really offer that because I wasn't prepared to let my, my blog go completely. So I think, you know, I had to make a very tough call and I had to decide, 
you know, do I want to continue my career as a journalist and, you know, try and, and better my where I already am? Or do I want to take that plunge of going freelance, working for myself and trying to build this blog into something bigger and, and hopefully better? So, um, yeah, fast forward four years and um, I honestly couldn't be happier or, or more thankful, actually, that my editor at the time kind of made me choose between the two um, because it, it made me take that, that leap of faith that I perhaps wouldn't have done. So, yeah, four years later. And here we are. And here I know are. that originally the blog was called Pretty Ugly. And obviously you've changed the name of it now, but I think there was definitely um, a time when lots of different creatives had these unusual blog names and they've now kind of steered away from them in favour of using their own name. Um, But what kind of inspired the name Pretty Ugly in the beginning and then what did it feel like changing that? So, um, one of the reasons I, I originally launched my blog, um, or even just started writing my own content rather than for a magazine was just that I wanted to be able to write in my own way about products that I truly loved, um, that weren't dictated to me by someone above me. Um, and I guess it came about from wanting very real, honest content. Um, you know, I wanted to to out and to write about the good, the bad and the ugly of the industry. You know, the products and treatments that did or, or didn't work. Um, and I wanted this, this juxtaposition of words. So that was where Pretty Ugly came from um, because it was, you know, the, the pretty and the ugly of the industry. And by that, I mean products, treatments. But yeah, with, with times changing, with the, the negative connotations of, of certain words, um, particularly with a word like ugly, I just felt I had to, I had to kind of move with these times. And yeah, that is where By Gabriella was born. And I think it's so true that by eliminating the connotation of those words, it kind of lends itself to being such a mixed conversation on your blog. And there are so many different things that you're open about. In particular, for example, your IGTV videos, they range from everything from, you know, relationship advice or beauty tutorials, fashion, you name it. Um, But one of the things I know that you worked on recently in terms of, you know, all of the different things that you like getting your teeth stuck into is I know that you took part in the reality show, The Bachelor. So can you tell us a bit about it for someone who may not have seen it, who self-proclaimed, I actually haven't seen it either, but I think (laughs) I know roughly what it is. It is a reality dating show. Um, To simplify it, it's focused around 17 girls vying for the attention or or love of one guy. Um, So it was a very different one for me. Um, In hindsight, it was a big kind of um, learning curve as well. Um, It went against, you know, certain things I believed in, but um, it was undoubtedly a huge experience, one that I would not take back. What kind of things do you think you learned that maybe you weren't expecting to learn? First and foremost, I learned a lot about reality TV and how it's run. Um, They very much do want these heightened emotions and heightened reactions, and they they will do what they can to get that, to evoke that. Um, 
You know, I, I think even more so I learned the value of, of girl code, of being there for each other, no matter what scenario you're pushed into or you find yourself in. Um, and yeah, it just, for me, it, it cemented the fact that I will never be a hugely competitive person. You know, there are more important things in life for me. And I mean, the premise of the show is all about looking for love. And I feel like you would just have to have so much confidence to put yourself out there with something so personal in front of such a big audience. So how did you feel about that? It was it was a big one for me because it came at a weird time in my life. I'd been single for quite a long time. Work had very much taken priority for a long time. And I poured my heart and soul into really trying to build my blog up, build my social channels up and, you know, create this content. And so romantically, it had kind of taken a a backseat for quite a long time. So when I was approached to be on the show, it came at a point in my life where I thought, you know what, this must be a sign that romantic life does need to become a bit of a priority. And, you know, on top of that, I really welcomed the experience of, you know, going out to South Africa where it was filmed, potentially being away for six to eight weeks. But you know, in terms of, of confidence, I've never been a particularly competitive person. I knew that I would remain very true to myself. I've always been like that. I'm a very stubborn, strong-willed person. And I knew that no producer, no contestant could could change me as a person or would make me act in a different way. I almost wanted a challenge, I guess, as well. I wanted to be able to participate in a reality dating show, but hopefully almost change the way that people might think you have to behave or you have to act. I think for me, one of the things, I mean, I'm so with you that I bet it was such a lovely experience in terms of being immersed in such a big group of girls. And you must have met so many lovely, great friends in that experience. And I mean, being in another country for that length of time, I bet there were so many positives that came from it. Um, But I think if it was me personally in a group of girls, as much as anyone will tell you, I'm the biggest girly girl you'll meet in your life. I'd be looking thinking, oh, my gosh, she has nicer hair than me. Her skin is nicer than mine. Her figure is better than mine. Whatever it was that I'd be thinking. So in that context, how did you just focus on yourself and your own best qualities and not drive yourself mad with those perils of comparison or are you not really that kind of person? How did that feel? I'm not really that kind of person. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite strong-willed and strong-minded, as, as I previously mentioned, but I'm a firm believer in, in very much remaining true to yourself and trying to eliminate comparison to those around you. And I think what I ended up filling my time doing in that house, and I think or at least I hope it came across in a couple of the episodes for anyone that did watch the show, is that I actually felt more of a need to build up the confidence of the other girls in there. Um, and I actually became the house agony aunt. Oh, <laughs> and, that's no surprise. You know, the, the girls would come to me and we would talk about what had upset them that day about, you know, there was one particular episode where one of the girls was incredibly upset. She ran off camera and you, it does show me actually 
trying to coerce her back in and, and build her confidence up and tell her that she's got a true connection with this guy and that she needs to go back in there and work out what's going to happen and see where it goes. And I was, I was never competing with the girls and I was really trying to be there for them emotionally. You know, a lot of them were, were very emotional, were quite vulnerable. And I think I actually tried to spend a lot of my time um, like I said, building them up and making them feel better about themselves, hopefully. I think anyone that's kept up with you for a while would definitely see that there is that real sisterhood in everything that you do. And you are someone that always, you know, addresses those girly topics, things that maybe people shy away from or opens a conversation up. Um, I know, for example, you've done a video on, say, your PCOS. Um, you know, it's things like that that you just want to talk girl to girl and have that moment yeah. of, you know, recognition with. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, actually, because it's something I have too, is I know that you've shared your journey with Rosacea. Now, before I go any further for anyone listening, I will point out, I'm going to ask Gabby loads of questions about Rosacea now, but Gabby and I have both seen doctors that have categorically diagnosed us with having Rosacea and it is a medical condition so if you're listening and thinking that you want to learn a bit more about this or have some expert advice on your own skin I would recommend for you to see your own specialist and Gabby and I will hopefully just share a few of our own experiences um but when did you first notice that you had the rosacea Gabby? I think it was probably five maybe four years ago maybe even slightly longer actually um and I, I've kind of suspected this, having spoken to so many experts over the years as a beauty journalist. I, I suspected I very much had it. And it was when I went to um, my GP and a, a couple of dermatologists that they kind of cemented that fact. You know, I had noticed these tiny but visible blood vessels on my cheeks. And I knew that this was the sign or signs of rosacea. Um, I'm not entirely sure what caused it. I think perhaps just from a very young age, I was 18 when I first started interning and I would sign myself up for every possible treatment that I could have. I would nominate myself and, you know, from a young age, I was having quite intensive peels. I was using perhaps products that were far too active on my younger skin as well as, you know, various other factors that do contribute to rosacea. And what would you say are some of the common misconceptions that you think people have about rosacea? I mean, there's, there's some quite funny ones. Um, I guess ones personal to me that I get asked are, you know, is it contagious? You know, can I, can I catch it from you from using the same flannel or, you know, another one is that, oh, you must just drink a lot of alcohol. If you have rosacea, you must drink a lot of red wine. Another one, you shouldn't drink coffee. Oh, people confusing it with acne and thinking that actually the the kind of red angry bumps that you may get from rosacea. Oh, that means you've got acne. Um, there's a very different underlying cause between rosacea and acne and they're not to be confused. So yeah, I think they're probably the most common. I agree. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about it and so funny that you've mentioned, you know, oh, well, you shouldn't drink coffee or you shouldn't this or you shouldn't that. I think there are so many opinions out there about what you should and shouldn't do. But to be honest with you, I personally, I know that if I 
have hot food or sugary food or a nice glass of wine, my skin isn't going to be the best the next day. So I just make an effort to not do those things the night before I want to look and feel great. And the rest of the time, if I'm just kind of pottering about day to day, yeah, I am going to have a curry and a glass of wine and my skin might not be the best for it, but I'm never going to fully cut those things out. And I just manage when I enjoy them. Um, What are some of your tips for managing the rosacea and managing the the impact of the flare-ups for me personally and this is not something you know that I would say you you have to do or I've ever been told to completely eliminate but for me personally if I limit dairy it has a, a real um effect on my skin if I have a lot of dairy particularly my rosacea um red meat spicy foods curries things like that like you just said um I've always been advised to to kind of moderate. Um, and then other things like staying away from physical scrubs, you know, like the, the really yeah. gritty exfoliants I, I will not use. Um, I'd rather exfoliate my skin with, with AHAs. For anyone that doesn't know, how would you describe an AHA and how would you say it compares to using a physical scrub, especially when you're thinking about it in relation to having rosacea? So, so AHAs are your alpha hydroxy acids. Um, to kind of point out what products they might be, there are various different acids that will exfoliate your skin. Um, you know, I really like to use glycolic acid that can be soaked in, in like the, the pads. You can buy, you know, pots of, of pads that are soaked in the glycolic acid. Um, and that is just working on a deeper level to exfoliate your skin. And whilst there may still be some downtime from using them, particularly if you've never used them before, it's a less aggressive way of exfoliating your skin, at least on the surface, um, because it is targeting those deeper layers. That's it. And, you know, I'm just kind of conscious that when I started this discussion with you, I didn't actually point out, I'm talking away like everybody knows what we're talking about here. But for anyone that doesn't know what rosacea is, it's a skin condition that causes varying different types of redness in different people. So for some people, it can be a simple flushing of redness. For other people, it can be quite red textured skin. Um, It can present as quite angry pustules that can look like acne. But as you said, Gabby, the underlying cause is very different. Um, how does having rosacea impact your relationship with your self-image? There's, there's definitely been ups and downs. Um, I've never had very severe rosacea. Touch wood, not as yet. Um, yeah. But for me, um, I, I definitely feel my, my most confident when I'm without makeup, actually, and when I'm having a good skin day, um, you know, when it's clear and even toned and I've managed to get my rosacea under control. Um but I mean, I won't, I won't be that girl that says, oh, I, I never, ever sleep in my makeup. And I'm always, you know, I, I'm in a very strict routine where every single night I've got eight steps. That's not me, but I've definitely got a real love of caring for my skin. Um, you know, having that background in, in beauty, I really take pride in that routine. I very much enjoy doing it. There, there is still t- at times a battle in my head where I do try and bat away that whole, you're a beauty blogger, you post photos of yourself daily, um, this kind of expectation of perfection. And so 
I, I will put up videos. I will post photos where I'm having a bad skin day, where I might have you know, a breakout of spots. My rosacea might have flared up and it, it might be you know, particularly angry and red that day. Um, but I think it's important to celebrate the, the good and the bad days. Definitely. I completely agree. And I think that in having that open conversation, you know, for the likes of you who is speaking to women all the time and encouraging them to speak to you, the other person does feel more inclined to open up when they know that you are also opening up. Um, but in terms of those moments and, you know, you're bearing all the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might be, um, what makes you feel the most confident? And if you're not feeling your most confident, what are the steps you take to feel a little bit better? For me, I mean, self-confidence has been, has been a very long journey for me. And for me now, confidence very much comes when I, I feel content in myself. I can have the best makeup on, my skin might be clear, but if internally there's unrest or there's a bit of a battle going on, then everything externally doesn't matter. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm taking time for myself, when I'm communicating with friends and family, um, I'm a real talker and I really need to talk things out. Um, and that is when, once I've done that, that is when I feel my happiest. You know, I need to feel busy. I need to feel that I'm working hard. And when I've, I've kind of got that internal contentment, everything else, as cliched as this may well sound, and apologies if it does, but everything else then just falls into place because I'm sleeping better. I'm feeding myself with, with better nutrition. So my skin clears up. And I think it's then about that kind of internal happiness radiating outwards. Um, you know, one of, one of the biggest compliments that I could receive, and I, I'm, I'm often told, which is amazing, is that I'm always smiling. You know, at events, work events. You are people always say smiling. Me, That's very true. You are always smiling. I try to, and I, I, I try to, to definitely radiate positivity and happiness when I can, because I very much think it's infectious. You're right. It's so true. I've never once seen you not smiling. And um, it is it is infectious. You know, I was having a discussion with one of my friends the other day. And obviously, while we're all kind of locked down at the moment, the difference it makes when, you know, you might open the front door and have a big smile with one of your neighbours that we're all so busy. Usually you might not have quite got round to making that eye contact or whatever it might be but because we're so excited to see another person now those small moments and those little smiles are actually making such a huge difference to how we feel and how the day feels like it's gone um hugely hugely yeah, yeah. I think once we come out of of this period I think we'll feel gratitude so much more. I think little things will be so much more appreciated and I think it will be great. Definitely. Um, one last question for you, Gabby. So there's a, a line in the cosmetics mission statement, which I love, that we are trying to make women feel confident, whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time. What tips would you have for a woman that is just trying to feel her most confident? Well, first of all, I absolutely love that statement. I think that's lovely. Um, but for me, confidence begins on the, on the inside and then it radiates outwards personally. And I think learning to accept that we all have good and bad days and it's totally okay to have the bad days. You know, you, you are your own harshest critic. And so 
learning to be kinder to yourself will very much help with confidence. Um, you know, some, something a, a life coach recently told me um, to is to, to practice gratitude daily and starting small from just, you know, every morning waking up, looking in the mirror and, and trying to find something, celebrate something that you love about yourself, be it a, a physical attribute, be it something, a personality trait, but say it to yourself and really kind of let it seep in. Um, I think another thing that's really important in, in this day and age is to try and remove comparisons online. I would love to kind of implore people to not compare yourself to anyone you may follow. If you do follow someone that you're finding yourself really comparing yourself to, then perhaps it's time to unfollow them. Um, I think keeping positivity in your life will very much help with confidence. Um, any negativity, remove it if you can, because you, you very much have no idea the, the personal battles they're going through. Um, and you've also got no idea what tiny percentage of their life they're actually sharing online. Um, you know, so much of us, or particularly um, myself, I've been guilty of this over the years of, of sharing just a filtered version of my life. And so, you know, I hope now it comes across as more, more real and more relatable because that's really important to me. So, um, yeah, hopefully that answered the question to a certain degree. Definitely, Gabby. And it's been so lovely talking to you today. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of people that want to reach out to you or share their thoughts themselves. So tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Instagram at by Gabriella London, um, on my blog by Gabriella London.com. Um, so yeah, please do get in touch. Ask me anything and everything. I always love to hear from, from everyone. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Gabby. Thank you so, so much for having me, Rose. I absolutely loved it. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.